Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turned multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to Suburban Warrior Podcast. Spring has sprung, and I hope you're all feeling a sense of renewal or rebirth, maybe, you know, with the world slowly opening back up. It certainly feels a lot like a rebirth to me. And with that comes hope and joy and growth. And, you know, every single day that we wake up on this earth, is a gift and another opportunity to feel that love and joy and growth. So my hope is that you feel inspired to do the work and work on your mental health and your daily habits to feel good and for growth. My guest today has dedicated her life to helping others and do just that, grow. Character, integrity, optimism, and a great sense of humor – Add that to a unique ability to inspire and motivate others. That's what makes a great leader and how we describe Marcy Piasecki. Her down-to-earth and energetic personality has earned her the respect and admiration of colleagues and clients alike. From the bottom to the top of the corporate ladder, Marcy never stopped making herself available to everyone from the junior office staff to the boardroom, all while keeping a part of her identity a secret. Now, having made the transition from her 30-plus year career in healthcare advertising to certified professional coach, Marcy's work focuses solely on her favorite subject, people, helping her clients realize their potential, purpose, and passion, all while nurturing her own. Welcome to the podcast, Marcy. Hey, Chrissy. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thanks so much. And I, I also should mention um, as a side note that, you know, I'm super excited to have you on because you're my coach as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I can attest to how fantastic you are. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. And uh, it works both ways because uh, every coachee I have ends up to be my coach in one way or another, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best thing about, I mean, I always say everybody needs a coach, no matter where you are in your life and how far you've come. Having a coach is just an amazing experience, but we certainly um, all learn something from each other, which is yeah. part of the amazingness of the coaching process, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Everybody is our teacher and our student. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you on today, though, because I know you have such an incredible story to share with us. Um, You've had an incredible career. Um, Your journey there has been amazing. Uh, As part of your personal life, you have such amazing insights and a great story to share. So, you know, why don't we start by by sharing your story with with my listeners? So where would you like to start? (laughs) How far back should we get? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's start at the the beginning because uh, great stories all begin. 
Um, Absolutely. You know, from the moment we're born, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, our childhood and all of that has a, has a huge influence. So uh, real quick, I grew up in a, in a blue-collar family living in a fairly affluent suburb of New Jersey. Um, when I was seven, uh, my dad died uh, suddenly. And uh, my mom, who was probably one of the original uh, warriors in our family, mm. uh, you know, worked, worked very hard to, uh, to pick up the pieces and raise me and my brother and sister. Uh, she worked hard, played hard, sometimes played too hard. Um, I learned over time that, that while my mom was incredibly strong, uh, she also had some trouble coping and was battling um, alcoholism for years. And so uh, with all that said, I learned a lot. I maybe grew up faster than a lot of people. So a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad, my dad was, uh, was gone. Um, about a few years later, my mom had remarried. So I had a stepdad. And as I mentioned, a brother and sister who were older and played a really big role in uh, also helped raising me because I was so young. So um, I'd like to say that I, I, I think I've got the best parts, the, the very best parts of my mom. I think my strength comes from my mom, for sure. The best parts of my dad, who was in my life for seven years, and I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and the best parts of my stepdad. Um, who struggles himself from from depression? Okay. So uh, it it was definitely interesting uh, way to grow up, but I will tell you that I've uh, I've come a long way. You know, had some therapy, had a lot of great friends, and uh, you know, on a on a bad day, I accept who I am, and on a great day, I'm really proud of who mm-hmm. I've become. That's amazing. So, so that's the that's the long and short of it. Um, I grew up, like I said, in the, in the suburb of New Jersey, and then went off to uh, to the Bronx, New York College. And uh, while I was in college, I had uh, an experience. I had a lot of experiences, like we all do in college, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah college yeah. is a whole whole. Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I actually uh, showed up too, though, with a whole lot of self doubt and trying to figure out who I was and and learning that I was now like an adult child of an alcoholic, which takes on a whole other meaning of itself. And I learned a lot about that and tried to uh, learn what that meant for me. And at the same time, trying to figure out who I was because I had all sorts of feelings going on. Um, I actually, in college, uh, while well, I had a boyfriend that I had in high school that I went to a, went to a different school, um, while I was in college, I, I actually met a woman and uh, had a relationship with this, with this woman. And that was a very defining moment. Um, I couldn't completely understand why, yeah. uh, but, uh, but it happened and it became what would be one of the biggest secrets of my life and what that did was that translated into um like secrets too and you know and i don't know if you've ever heard and a lot of this comes out of the alcoholics anonymous stuff yeah. that is. your 
you're only as sick as your secrets. Mm. It's, it's not to say that I was sick, but I certainly, uh, but, but I also don't want to underestimate what I was going through, right? So I had gained a ton of weight. I was insecure. I was nervous. Now I meet this woman. Now I do this thing. This is not how I was raised. This is right. all bad. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. You're feeling guilty for all of it. I'm yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. and this is back in the 80s. When yeah, of course. Of course. Being gay wasn't cool. And not to mention the fact that I was in com- complete denial of it. I was just like having, I convinced myself that I was just experimenting and, and having fun. Yeah, I'm and sure it's was, all very confusing. Yeah. And just tuck it away. I just, so I just, I just put it away. Graduated college and I put it away. And um, when I got out of college, I decided that no one, no one would know that. And uh, that, again, wasn't really doing me any favors, right? There's all sorts of stuff. You're a coach. You know this stuff, right? There's, yep, yep. there's lots of shame, mm-hmm. lots of embarrassment, lots of, you know, where am I going from here? So I quickly went out and found a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to fix it. Yep. Just, just the, the quick fix to all the problems, right? Find yeah. a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, yeah. and, and then once I set myself straight, that would be fine. Exactly. Could, you know, freak out my family and, you know, so, so that was it. I, I, um, I, I did I found myself a, a boyfriend quickly and, uh, still, you know, very, very overweight, very insecure, used my humor to try and, you know, get through things, um, and focused on, on a career, on starting my career. And I got a job in advertising, and that would be the beginning of what ended up to be a 30-plus year career, which uh, was nothing short of amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, a 30-plus, like, highly successful, amazing career. Um, I mean, I know you have, you know, CEO, president, managing director, you know, all these different titles um, that show just how successful of a career you've had. But I think what speaks to the success of your career is also just how well loved you are by the people that you worked with and um, just what an amazing leader you are as well. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, you know, it's interesting that you say how loved and all of that. I, I wish I realized that early in my career that had I been who I ultimately became um, and as authentic as I ultimately became, yeah. I wish I believed that people would have loved me all along. I now know in retrospect, they would have. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, oh my gosh, absolutely. And that's, that's a huge message for anyone that's listening that <laughs> might be younger than you and I, that just realizing that, you know, owning who you are and owning your authenticity and having the courage to be vulnerable um, is, is okay. You know, because yeah. it's okay. People will still love you and respect you and be there for you no matter what. And if they if they aren't, then they're not meant to be in your life anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So then, so you, you go through this crazy, confusing time. You have, you know, trauma in your childhood. Um, you graduate from college. You get, you know, your... Uh, this great job in advertising and you're, you're working your way up the corporate ladder, but all along you're keeping this personal secret about sort of who you really are and, and your identity. Right. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. What does that feel like for you? Yeah. So, so right. So I had this like essentially a three year relationship with a woman in college, cut it off, get the boyfriend, get the career. And now I'm on a track to do all the right things. 
Yes. So um, you think. <laughs> so I think. Right. I'm still very overweight, probably 50 pounds heavier than I am now, and just confused. So I, uh, yes, I did. I started in an entry-level position, and as I was working my way up, I held on tight to a secret. And then even when things got, even when I was ready to admit things, I wasn't ready to, to myself, I wasn't ready to admit it to everybody else. But that first step was huge. I ended up shortly one year into my career meeting uh, Kelly, who is the woman I am now married to and have been with for 30 plus years, 33 years. That's awesome. That's life, amazing. Life changing. Yeah. So at that moment when I met her and at this point in my life, I had to be really honest with myself. I still couldn't be honest with everybody else. Yeah. So to your point, yeah, I spent a lot of time holding this secret. I mean, ridiculous, you know, and I, I had, it was all in my head. It was all myself to me, how that I would be judged, how I wouldn't fit in. Like I couldn't possibly let anyone know this. So I took the picture of the old boyfriend. Um, I put it on my desk. And I made sure to talk about him a lot. But oh. literally, I put a picture on my desk because I'm like, I, I just need to fit in. And I was, you know, I had a lot of friends. I was fitting in. And year after year after year went by. Kelly and I were now banging up on like a 10-year anniversary that I couldn't even share with anybody because I could have. I decided not to. Because I decided in my mind that if I said anything, I wasn't going to make it in my, you know, people would look at me differently. I didn't see anyone else around like me. I didn't yeah. see me, right? Very different now. Right, right. You know, I love I love that you said that. I didn't see anyone else around like me. Uh, I, I had a, a guest on the podcast uh, last week who basically she writes books about um, helping girls to see all the different jobs and, and, and careers that they can have. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't see someone like you, you, mm -hmm. you think that that's not possible, right? And so whether we're little girls or a woman, a grown woman who has an, an amazing 10-year career already, you were still struggling with not seeing anyone who looked like you or anyone yeah. who was like you being highly successful fitting in, you know, sitting in the boardroom, being a CEO. So you just had to keep it a secret. Meanwhile, all your colleagues are probably like, what's up with this boyfriend that she's been dating for 10 years? Why are they not married? <laughs> well, I eventually have to take the picture down and pretend you broke up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, we, we broke up. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, Chrissy, because as much as I, you know, I think I'm keeping this secret, when I eventually, you know, so now like, move forward to, to later in my career. Um, I was with a company for 10 years where I grew up, you know, kind of keeping keeping this secret. I left to go to another company. And then I was invited back to that original company to be president of one of the spinoff agencies. And I came back determined to be the person they knew with a twist. I decided, finally, I had the title, I had the confidence, and I was ready to be who I was. So granted, it took a while, but when I finally stepped up, wow. So I start, you know, so now I'm telling people and, and people, it's funny. They're like, yeah, 
Um, we kind of, we kind of knew, we kind of. <laughs> I said, oh. Isn't that, isn't that so oh. interesting and ironic, right? That like the whole time you're struggling so hard to keep this a secret and yeah. people knew. Yeah, they knew because, because no matter what I am so, I really am and really want to be so authentic. And I was so out there. I just wasn't saying the words. And every single person said, Marcy, yeah, we, we all kind of know, and it's really okay. Yeah. Oh, good Lord, had I only known that sooner that it was all going to be okay. Of course it's okay. They, they just, it was all in my head, you know? And yeah. I mean, and that's, it's so just amazing and interesting how everything all the stories that we tell ourselves, it's just mm-hmm. all in our head. Yeah. You know, it's just, and the sooner that we realize that, the better. It's all in our head. We, you know, yeah. we, we, we create these stories for ourselves. So how did you feel when you were able to sort of just be you uh, and everyone lot, knew? Yeah, a lot less sick, if you will, right? So once yeah. the secret is out, you said it before, you know, you shine a light on it. You say it out loud, and all of a sudden, it's just a huge relief. I mean, this was like in my young life, anybody that I could share with, you know, about my mom, you know, being an alcoholic. For every three people I told, one of them was like, yeah, me me too. Yeah. You know, sure. it's like, you, you. I think we just think that everybody else is, you know, living the good life. It's what we do. And we yep. think that that it's all so, you know, just just us, you know, suffering with this stuff. But that's what happens when you keep a secret. Yeah. That's right. So so to answer so your question, true. yeah, the minute it comes out. So and I'll tell you the, the truth, like the things I did when I finally came out, and now I'm at a high level because I'm I guess there was a part of me that said, I'm here now. No one can touch me now. So it's okay. I can be gay. I cut my hair. I started wearing <laughs> like it's it's silly, right? It seems silly, but I was so nervous. I was so self conscious before. I better not have short hair. I better, you know, my voice is already deep. I already have this strong personality. I was so self conscious. All the rise to my career until I got to the top, and I was like, I felt confident, and I did what felt comfortable you know, with some level of pride and everybody, not only, not only were they okay, they were almost even better. Yeah. And you mentioned at the beginning about how much people liked me and pre- because in my leadership career for the 18 years that followed after those first 10, I mean, give or take, I'm a little off on the numbers, but yeah, that's why people gravitated. They were like, wow. It's amazing that she can do that. They don't, you know, forget the years that I couldn't do it. But when I finally could, what a reward. What a reward. And I think only not only that for yourself and being able to feel authentic and be who you are and dress how you want to and look how you want to. But what an amazing role model that you were to other, not only women, men, anyone who, who could look at that and say, okay. Again, now all of a sudden, someone that looked like someone that looked like them 
was doing yeah. what they wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hundred percent right. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's just it's just so wonderful. And for everybody, I feel like the more that we can show up in all areas of our life as our authentic selves, the better off not only we are, but everyone is, everyone around us. You know, right. we we make the world a better place when we show up exactly who we are. And that's not always easy. It's not yeah. always easy to do as as you know in your situation for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and owning your story, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, owning, you know, the alcoholism, owning that you lost your father at an early age. I mean, that tra- I mean, so traumatic. Mm. That's a hard story to own. Yeah. It really is. But when you own it, then you really can not only, you know, release the power that it kind of holds on you but you can start to share what those experience are, experiences are. And, and then all of a sudden other people can relate and say, oh my gosh, I had right. to live with that too. And it's just, it's just, it's all growth and, and, yeah. and love. And it's, it's really amazing. So you had this, you know, amazing 30 year corporate career. Yeah. And then, you know, what made you decide to sort of make the switch to becoming a coach? Because that's it. I mean, you had you had everything: the big title, um, great career, yeah. lots of yeah. money, you, know, you name it. So you you had it all. Um, what made you make the switch? It's a big change. Yeah. So I, the first thing I had to do was was realize that I might actually have an identity outside the, the president, the CEO, the manager, all of that. Because by that time in my career, I was in leadership for eighteen years. Yeah. Right. So. I was, as much as I didn't want to admit that's what defined me, like in my mind. So, so leaving that was like step one. What's going to happen if I leave that? Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, I got some help with that from the universe because uh, the company I was at at the time went public and, you know, a whole reorg, my position was eliminated. Okay. And that ended up to be a blessing because as my position was eliminated, you know, of course, I got an amazing package. I want to talk about an example of, you know, money isn't everything. You're not kidding because I had all this money. You know, I got this package that was amazing basically to just go sit on the bench for a year and and just do nothing, you know, not compete. Yeah. and it was a moment of pause that I said, what would I want my second act to be? Yeah. And, and at that moment, I thought, you know what? What was my favorite part of my career? What do I think was, was the best part of my career? And it was all about the people. It was all about helping people from literally from the lowest level to the highest level, be the very best they could be. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was a champion for people, and I was I was honest, I was direct, I was transparent. By the time I was a leader, I was authentic, lead by example, and um, I loved that part. So I thought, how do I carve out that part? And that's where the coaching thing. A friend of mine mentioned that she was doing went to school to be a coach. I'm like, explain it to me. <laughs> I don't know. So in that year that I had to sit on the bench, yeah, I went to school. And it was a nine-month program to, to get co- uh, certified as a coach. And then I got cold feet. 
And I was like, okay, you're just about to graduate. This is going to be real. And what did I do? <laughs> what I coach people to hunt. I went back into my industry. Oh and I got my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that part. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I go back and for a year and by now I'm this close to the, so close to the certification and uh, a year was up and I was just tired. I was yeah. tired of spending less time with people on the front line, more time with the people in the boardroom. It meant all of it meant less time doing the part of the job I love. Right. And so it was only a year. And then I, I left with a lot of notice for them. Yeah. I got certified and, um, you know, I, I started my business. Yeah. And, you know, and you followed your passion for people, for, for doing yes. what you love. And, you know, my, what's great is as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my similar, my story is so similar because while I never got to the title of CEO, but I, you know, when I decided to leave corporate, it was because I went through that process of looking at what do I love about what I do? And it was always yeah. about leading people, getting people to reach their goals seeing that look in their face when they achieve something that they didn't believe that they could achieve. And, you know, that's why being a coach is just such a, so wonderful for me and why I find so much joy in it. But, um, you know, I think that it takes courage, you know, it takes courage to lead. Yeah. It takes courage to follow your passion. It does take work, right? It takes that daily sort of process of self-discovery as I call it to really understand who you are what you love, what exactly. your values are, you know, but I think that's just really fantastic that you were able to figure that out, recognize that even after you went back, you know, recognizing that energy. Cause I, as coaches, we talk a lot about our energy, right. Yeah. And, and how our energy really guides us and you have to focus on where you feel your best. Mm -hmm. And you felt that. In, while you went back into that career for the year, you felt it and you realized, nope, I got to, I got to coach. Yeah. I got to try this coaching thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? I went into it saying the worst thing that could happen if I go pursue this, because and you mentioned it actually, and, you know, understanding ourselves better learning more about ourselves, you know, yes. well, yeah. anyway, the whole process. I mean, until you have, until you really have your stuff together, um, it could be tricky trying to help other people get their stuff together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I got that right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and listen, it's a daily project, right? I'm always, I'm always working on having myself together. Yes. And, and remembering, you know, trying to turn all the tools I use with my clients, turn them on myself, all that good stuff. Yeah. And, and once you oh, turn them on yourself, you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, this is hard. Yeah, exactly. Wait, this is hard. But speaking of that, I want to ask you, so like, what is one thing or maybe two couple things that you do on a daily basis that mm -hmm. helps you to stay maybe aligned, to stay hopeful, yeah. to find joy, to be, you know, um, grateful? What is All one that. thing you think you do? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a few things. I'm like, it's a fairly solid ritual of sorts. I get up early every morning. And it's time to sort of just spend time with myself. And I spend time reflecting a whole lot of what I'm grateful for, which is so much, including my past. I'm constantly reconciling that. Um, I do meditation. 
when I can, I do a whole lot of breathing exercises. So even if it's not called med meditation, you know, um, I'm really into fitness. Uh, that's a hangover from being really heavy in college. <laughs> well, uh, you look fabulous. It never goes away. It never, ever goes away. Um, so, I would say that's a good hangover to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it really does stay top of mind. I, um, my happiness is in many ways related to how, how I feel and how I look. Sure. Of course. And so, yeah, so I have a fitness regimen that varies everything from high intensity interval training to weighting, weights, to rowing, to walking, to you name it, something or other every, every day. As I get That's older, awesome. the, the most important part really seems to be the meditation and the breathing exercises. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And I, I also think it's great advice that you have a morning routine. I know mm. not everybody are, you know, not everybody are morning people, but I, I find that my clients, I know even from speaking for myself, have the most success when they have a specific morning routine that mm. doesn't involve their phone or right. their computer. Right. And it, and it, it's first thing in the morning before the kids get up, before the husbands or wives yep. get up. Um, yep. You know, it's just, it's just you. Um, and it's making that time in the morning specifically just for you, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour. Exactly. That morning routine, I think is really, really important. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It is important. So, yeah. So there's, there's that. And, you know, very, um, very, very close with, with family and friends and don't, I never miss an opportunity to tell them, and I make opportunities to tell them how I feel about them. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. What a gift that is for them yeah. and for it you. It just feels better. You know, it, makes, it sure does. You make someone else feel good, you automatically feel good. Absolutely. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. It's such a gift. It's a gift for you because you feel good. It's a gift for them because they feel good. I think that's that's beautiful. That's I, it's something that sounds so simple. Like I make it an opportunity to tell other people how much they mean to me. It's so simple, but we don't take the time to do it. Yeah. So that's great advice. Love that. <clears throat> to see people's reactions to it too. Sometimes. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Because I have a reputation for being. I, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not afraid to tell people how I feel. But for yeah. some people, that can be a little uncomfortable, interestingly. Uh, yeah. Isn't it? It's and, and that's them, right? That's that's them not being able to accept the the love or the feelings. That it's just interesting. It really is. So let me ask you this. Now looking back on your on your career and your life and you know how you had to keep it a secret that you were gay. What how do you what would you tell what would yourself today tell your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self? Oh yeah, you know, have the have the strength and and courage that you were raised with. If you were raised like me, there was the role model was for sure strength from my mother. Um, but most of all, faith. Have faith because. Mm. It was faith that made me um, appreciate, and I wish I had it sooner. Give people the benefit of the doubt, because more often than not, not only is it going to be okay with them, they're going to embrace you that much more. You know, 
Courage and confidence is very, very attractive. Vulnerability is so appreciated. It's, um, it's amazing. And I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah. I mean, I have my, my mom would always say, and I'm sure this is a famous saying that my mom would always say hindsight's 2020, right? But (laughs) you can't go back and change it. But I think that is fabulous advice because it's really about faith over fear, right? You have faith over fear. We're so fearful of so many things in life. Oh my God, especially in the last year, I feel like we can't even go out without fear being fearful. Right. I mean, so in so many areas of life, it's just about faith over fear. So I love that that that's your advice because I think that it can, that can really trickle into every single area of your life. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. You know, listen, it's very easy to say when you're on the other side of it. So Absolutely. I guess Absolutely. the other advice would be um, patience and, and grace with ourselves, you know, yeah. and not, not to be so hard on ourselves, but that's just what, you know, what we humans do. We're much harder on ourselves than we are on other people. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. That's, that's why I, you know, this whole Suburban Warrior and the, and the podcast and, and the apparel, it's all about just lifting ourselves up and, and lifting us up as a community, right? Because we're all, we all do the same things. We all have negative self-talk. We all are so hard on ourselves. We're all fearful of things that don't exist. (laughs) So it's just about really being there for each other and feeling good about, you know. Yeah, you're you're right. And, you know, there's something I I wanted to say, Chrissy, that, you know, when you first asked me about this and you talked to me about Suburban Warrior, this is an example of how this stuff sort of, lives with you forever and I try to overcome it. But my first reaction was, I'm not, I'm not a suburban warrior. I'm not mainstream. I don't fit that. Because that's in my head. It never once did you did it did, did you think, I mean, you in, you invited me to talk with you. Yeah. And that that's huge to me. It should just be, and maybe in your mind it would just be natural. Of course, Marcy, I would want to talk to you. So it's interesting how these things just kind of stick with you, you know? So it's nice to fit in. It's nice to be a a different version of a suburban warrior. You didn't think that I thought it was anything significant that I asked you to be on. Yeah. Yeah. But you thought it was a big deal. Well, it's just how you perceive yourself. Like I, because I've never been mainstream, although I live in a very mainstream world. Like, you know, as I said, like 90% of my friends are, you know, look like you, right? Husband, wife, kids, my brother, and sister, you know, kids, grandkids, all that. And that's, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's part of how I was raised. But I never think that I'm that, you know, I'm always, and the fact that you read by choosing me, expand the definition of suburban warrior is just a testament to you. Oh, you're sweet. Going on in the world, but it's the honest to God truth. Like, yes, no, thank you. That's what happens when you're just not mainstream. No matter, no matter what it is, you know what I mean. No, and I, I get that. I think we all question ourselves. Like, oh, you, you know, me. But in my mind, oh my gosh, are you're you are like the definition of suburban warrior. But I think because I think that the definition of suburban warrior is flexible, right? Yeah. It's all of us. We're all, we're all worrying up 
in a different way. We all have to face our challenges and be warriors in our lives in different ways. And so, oh my gosh, in my mind, there's no question, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think of it as mainstream or not. Um, but I could see, I could see that you do because I, I think we, again, we all question ourselves. Yeah. We, yeah. we really do. Yeah. And that's why I, I actually love this. And I even love ha- you know having you on the podcast because when someone from the outside looks at someone like you who has all of the success, mm-hmm. CEO, president of a big company, all this, all of this title, mm-hmm. right? It can make people feel like, oh, I can't talk to her. You yeah. know, it, it, it makes you feel almost so... I could say the same thing about you the first time that we had a conversation. I'm like, man, she is a badass. She's so cool, so mm-hmm. down to earth, so authentic, mm-hmm. right? When my my preconceived mm-hmm. perception of right. you was right. completely different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. So it's right. like, that's why I just, I love just being like throwing it all out there, meeting new people, connecting people together who th- maybe they would never connect with because they don't think that, oh, they're not like me or they're, I'm different than them. Who cares? We're all, right. we're all dealing with this crazy experience <laughs> called life, right? Yeah, 100%. So, and everybody's got, everybody's got a story. And the fact that you're giving people the opportunity to tell their story, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. The thing about the stories are, you know, they they sometimes we carry them for so long. They yeah. just seem like, eh, you know, when in fact, <laughs> you know, they're pretty powerful. They're pretty, they're pretty powerful. powerful. So. Yes, they are. Oh my gosh. Well, Marcy, thank you so much for being here today and for being so vulnerable and so authentic with us. Um, because I really think that, you know, you do have a really really powerful story, which has translated into a really powerful life that you're living. And you are certainly sharing your gift and your passion for people in everything that you do. And you're, you're an amazing coach. Um, so I want to thank you for that. Um, and you are just such a light in this world. So thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. I really enjoyed having you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, mama. So listen, so guys, um, thank you for joining us on Bourbon Warrior this week. Uh, We will have another episode for you next week. Um, Please follow, rate, and review this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So until next week, guys, have an awesome week. And thank you for joining.